Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. Resist, defy, do not comply. Resist, defy, do not comply. The battle against anti-vaxxers and vaccine hesitancy continues. Everybody should get a vaccine. You know, certainly I would say to everybody, anti-vax is total nonsense. My name is Elton John. It's really important to know that the vaccines have all been through and met the necessary safety and quality standards. There are a number of myths that fly around, some of which are just clearly ridiculous and some of which are clearly designed just to scare. But there are also people who go around trying to discourage other people from taking a vaccine which could be life-saving. And many of those people, I regret to say, I think know that they are peddling untruths, but they still do it. In my view, they should be ashamed. The booster rollout is in full swing, but it's thought that up to 2.7 million Londoners who are eligible have still not had a single dose of the COVID vaccine. New analysis from the Evening Standard has found the London boroughs with the greatest number of unvaccinated adults as well as the groups who are believed to be spreading the virus between generations. It comes amid growing concern that the vast majority of COVID patients in intensive care are unvaccinated. Ross Lydell is our health editor and has been examining the figures. Ross, you've identified some key London boroughs that are hotspots for unvaccinated adults. Which ones are they? Yes, there are nine boroughs, nine of the 33 boroughs in London have more than 100,000 adults each that have not been vaccinated, either first jab or second jab. And these include Newham, which is obviously the the former Olympic borough in East London, uh, Brent, Lambeth and Ealing. Now, we've known for some time about particular problems in Newham and Brent due to the sort of high degree of diversity of these boroughs and that these were the worst hit initially at the early stage of the pandemic because uh, in terms of people actually suffering high rates of COVID and large numbers of deaths. So it's somewhat puzzling and alarming that despite these boroughs being really badly hit by COVID, they also have many people who are not getting the jab. The other thing I should say is that also the figures are quite age dependent. Now, obviously, the way the jab was rolled out was that the over 50s went first and it went rather from down from the over 80s, over 70s, over 60s and so on, with the younger people only getting the jab more recently. And uh, just in the last month or two, the 12 to 15 year olds at school have been able to get the jab as well. But what this data shows that In particular, it's the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings right across London that are not coming forward for the jab, even though they've been able to actually get a jab for, you know, some months now since really the start of summer. 
There are three key groups within these unvaccinated figures in particular that there are concerns about pregnant women, people who are clinically extremely vulnerable and children aged 12 to 15 who are thought to be spreading the virus between generations. Why is it these groups in particular? Yes, that's right. So there are these three groups that efforts are now being targeted at to try and reach these people to get them to come forward to have the vaccine. So with pregnant women, obviously the concern was at the outset that just like any other vaccine, there's always a slight reluctance amongst women who are trying to get pregnant or who know they're pregnant about taking any kind of medication. And there was the fact that the early clinical studies into the developing vaccines weren't tested on pregnant women for for good reason. Therefore, it meant there was no ability to actually prove that the vaccines were safe, although there was no evidence that they weren't. So basically that created first the reluctance of pregnant women to get jabbed. So now efforts are being made to try and encourage such women to come forward and have the vaccine now that many women have. And there's been no obvious sign that they're dangerous either to the pregnant woman or to the baby or the unborn child. The other two groups are those who are clinically extremely vulnerable because, again, at the early stages of the rollout of the vaccine, it was perhaps, if you like, what they say is sort of contraindicated that the advice was that if you had certain conditions, perhaps, you know, something you're already on medication for, you had to consult your GP to be sure that the vaccine was suitable for you and perhaps have one of one of the vaccines over another. So that led to the reluctance there to come forward. And the third group is a 12 to 15-year-old child Now, they've been able to get the vaccine in school since September, but the issue there is the consent from parents because some parents have been concerned about giving their child a vaccine when the sort of risk-benefit analysis is not as clear-cut for children. And this goes back to the debate within the JCVI about what to do, essentially because children are at much less risk of actually suffering adverse outcomes from getting COVID, then should you actually vaccinate them in the first place and because there's always a slight, slight risk of harm from the vaccine. But basically the advice now is that it is beneficial for children and also for those in their families if the child is vaccinated because there's a tiny risk from the vaccine, but a bigger risk if they remain unvaccinated should they go on and contract COVID. Some are worried that the focus has shifted too much to booster jabs now, aren't they? Yes, the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has a regular London Health Board at which he pulls together the NHS chiefs in London and many of the borough leaders. And last week they were discussing this issue in the context of the number of unjabbed in London, which we revealed in the standard last week was 2.7 million, which seems a fairly extraordinary figure, and the fact that the booster campaign was doing well. And the concern from many council leaders was that because the NHS had essentially moved on to the new phase of doing the boosters and also doing the flu jabs as we come into winter, that all the efforts are concentrated on boosters and flu and that the efforts to get the uh, people who hadn't had even one jab were rather sort of falling by the wayside. You know, the offer from the NHS is that they have, or they call it a nevergreen offer, that they will keep offering first jabs as long as people haven't been jabbed and want them. But the concern was that essentially they were much more focused on boosters than on first jabs. And the pattern of unvaccinated people in intensive care is getting more and more obvious now, isn't it? This is probably the the starkest example of why vaccines matter in that at least sort of three quarters of people now in intensive care with COVID have not been vaccinated against COVID. It's a direct consequence of not getting the jab. And then if you fall ill and end up seriously ill, you'll end up in intensive care. And this is what is happening across the country in intensive care units, that most of the people in there with COVID haven't had the jab. And this has also been seen with pregnant women as well who end up in 
ICU that most of them, again, have not had the jab. How is London as a whole doing in general in terms of vaccination? There have been more than 13 million vaccinations of either first, second, third or booster given to Londoners. London has, right from the start of the pandemic, fallen behind the rest of the country in terms of rollout. It's roughly sort of 60 to 70 percent of Londoners as a whole have had some kind of vaccine. But the good news for London is that the case rates in London are lower. So we have this slightly unusual situation where London hasn't got the best vaccination rate, but it does have the lowest incidence rate of COVID. And that's believed to be the case because London essentially was hit first and hardest by COVID at the start of the pandemic. And therefore, many Londoners built up natural immunity by having the infection. So they have antibodies that are gen- that have been created naturally rather than from the vaccine. But combining the two, about 90% of Londoners have some sort of antibodies in the system that either come from the vaccine or from previous infection, so are protected. So that is basically keeping the rates relatively under control in London. There's still many cases, but not as bad as the first or the second peaks. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.